and I think it molded me to, to be driven by, by my goals and ambition more than money. Hey everyone, and welcome to RCS New Business Culture podcast series. My name is Rob Arnold, founder of RCA. This podcast is all about learning from those in business who have shaped world-class business cultures, how they did it, and what they faced along the way in building these great cultures. We look forward to sharing their insights, tips, and tricks with you. In this episode, I visited the highly regarded Test Kitchen to chat with Tanashi Nemudoka, head sommelier of this world-class restaurant. Tanashi speaks very eloquently about his youth in Arari, making the move to Cape Town, and working in establishments like the Roundhouse, the one and only, the Oyster Box in Durban, and some key lessons he has accumulated along the way. Let's hear his story. Welcome Tanashi, it's great to, to be here with you in, in the test kitchen, obviously one of the um, highlights for any tourist coming to Cape Town and uh, you've created your mark here at the, at the test kitchen, but today we're interested in you rather than, than the establishment and what we'd love to start off with is just a brief background to your story, where, where things started for you and obviously where you are now. Well, hi Rob, good to see you again after so, so many years and yeah, bringing memories back. Yeah, my journey up to the test kitchen, probably from coming to SA, I'm Zimbabwean, born and bred in Harare, uh, went to school there, uh, did my tertiary education part of it there. Uh, then I actually got to be honest, when I finished uh, high school, I, I wasn't keen on university stuff. And I know I did very well, but I never wanted to continue in a formal education. So I started working early in Zimbabwean standards, so got thrust into a supermarket. Uh, you know, I was, I was quite bright, so I started off packing shelves, then was soon promoted to junior manager, entering into the junior manager program as well. So I think I kind of had responsibility from, 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 from an early stage. Then, you know, things got so bad in Zim around 2008. I came down to South Africa just with my backpack and the change of clothes, bunch of certificates. Uh, and naturally, I tried finding, you know, work in supermarkets because that, that's what I knew. Uh, wanted to get into management position because I had, had the management training but soon realized you know there is more to it realities check in you know you're a foreigner you need to have permits and you know I started to get you know realize the dynamics of how things work here so I couldn't get the management position but I got the baker's position uh, so started making bread early in the mornings at spa in observatory yeah but you know when you when you know in your place that you're not supposed to be but you kind of accept it because that's the reality of it uh, i enjoyed baking bread i was number one in making hot cross buns in a way uh, so during that time i soon realized i wasn't making much money uh, but because of the community around me the zimbabweans i realized you know the real money was in restaurants uh, so I didn't have any work experience in restaurants, but the guys helped me draft a CV. 
I'll throw around gum tree, walk the waterfront, drop CVs, you know. I think the first interview I got was in Magen Bean and they asked me a sort of lot of questions. I didn't even know how to reply, so they just sent me back. And you know, some months down the line, I just opened my mail and there was an email from the Roundhouse restaurant. Uh, like, okay, this is interesting. Uh, they're looking for waiters, but clearly my CV says Baker's position. I went, uh, there was a group interview. Uh, I remember it was Tamsin, Tamsin Ackerson and uh, and uh, what's this guy's name again? Robin Thomas. Okay. They were the guys who were in the group interview and I remember we were almost about 15 of us and they started the other side, I was on the opposite end. Everyone is going on about oysters and you know, Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc. Uh, yeah, I was so overwhelmed. Like when they came to me, I was like, you know what guys? Me, I just saw the post, the interview, I'm here. Uh, I don't have any work experience. I'm baking bread, but I just know there's white wine, there's red wine. But yeah, you know, if I'm a keen learner and if you give me the job, I'll be right. And that was it. So I got a follow-up mail. I was like, you need to come for the second interview. And uh, that's where they told me, you know what, out of the whole group, probably you are the, was one of the most honest and eagerness. Yeah. And to tell you the truth, this is the people we're looking for. Yeah. So that's where I realized that this let's sell lobster. And the whole idea was to take people without prior experience, but with a keen enthusiasm to, to work. So I became one of the guinea pigs in a way. Uh, so that was 2008. And from then on, you know, I got introduced into wine. I really enjoyed my time there. The guys were happy. I think you were there as well. And one of the first farms <laughs> for me to visit was Waterford. Yeah. So. You know, that's from then on, you know, it's, it's, it's a matter of do, do the wine choose you or, you know, because there's a lot of guys who are good in wine better than me. But I remember I used to pass my, you know, the menu test and stuff. And I think Simon was one, Simon Mendy was one person who said, you know, there's this profession. Yeah. But for me back then, wasn't anything about the wine profession. So I took wine knowledge and wine studies as a way of, you know, upping my guest check because I realized if you knew wine, obviously your bill is going to be higher. Sure. So I took it as a sales thing and yeah, being ambitious in myself, uh, little run-ins with <laughs> my rounders guys, you know, I looked for work elsewhere. I ended up working with Bruce Robertson at the showroom, mm -hmm. closed down, uh, then coincidentally the one and only was opening. And it was Tamsin who was doing the recruitment. It's like, no, you know what? Yeah. Come and take the job. Same thing happened to the one and only. We sat in a group interview. And then the F&B manager there was, I think, Kent, Kent Shimai was also a sommelier. So during the whole group interview, we talking about wine. I was like, oh, you know what? You must hold on a minute. They went to call in the, the group sommelier there is like you know you must take this guy you must join the wine team and i remember having a fight like guys i want to be a waiter yeah this wine thing i don't really like the wine thing so yeah eventually they convinced me that you're gonna make more money so you gotta and less effort so you <laughs> you gotta join the wine team i joined the wine team which was for the first time for me revealing because i didn't really that's why i really took a focus on the profession i was like okay Got a group sommelier who's been flown in from all over the world just to open this stuff. We had a head sommelier, Andre Becker. We had another head sommelier. 
Eric Potter, we had wine butlers, then we had us the wine waiters. So for me, you know, the challenge was like, okay, I'm a wine waiter, but how do I become the head sommelier? Okay, you need to study, you need to know wine. Yeah, that's where I started and first few months were really good and you know, one of my mentors, Andre Becker, was quick to spot is like Tinashe, I'm gonna promote you to wine butler, you know, and yeah, I'd study more, went to Cape Wine Academy, I was doing this all wine courses and, and learning, meeting different people, introducing to new cuisines. We were working with Gordon Ramsay then, then there was a uh, Rubens came through, then I moved on to uh, Nobu, mm-hmm. where I was working for Nobu. Yeah. Then, yeah, at some point, you know, even uh, things changed, the one and only model changed, people left, people stayed. Uh, I was there and, you know, I gained this level of knowledge, but I was hitting a ceiling because there was also a, another sommelier who joined, uh, you know. And I felt in a bubble, whereas I'm, I'm always challenging myself. I'm always wanting to be a leader. And I remember I got frustrated. I was, okay, because that time I was also doing my uh, undergrad, become accounting science with UNISA. So I was running them parallel. Yeah. Uh, by then I was almost in my fourth year. Okay. I'm like, guys, okay, I need to switch. Uh, you guys are asking me for money. You're not giving me money. You're not even giving me a raise. So... I think I'm going to concentrate on my accounting. Yeah. So I did the interview with the finance guys. <laughs> I got the job yeah. uh, starting in the finance clerk. So the FNB manager realized I was gone. I was like, where is this guy? It's like, no, he's working there. So they had to make another meeting and bring me back. Okay. So that's where I ended up working in Obu. Uh, got into, a, I think, 2013, there was the Inter Hotel Challenge. Yeah. Uh, came from uh, Shaw Cook, so they were pitting different hotels in in Cape Town then, because it wasn't SA, so I think there were like 11 hotels, so you had to have a wine steward and, uh, and a young chef, then you compete. So I was the inaugural winner of that competition in 2013, and all of a sudden a few offers were coming through, and when Oyster Box came, I saw it as an opportunity to like refigure myself and start all over again. So I moved to the Oyster Box, that was 2014. Uh, I worked there, different style, head sommelier. Uh, you know, the wine scene wasn't that exciting, but you know, I, I back then now realizing why I went there, I realized it was probably one of the most important period in my life because I, I got to refocused and like really decide what I wanted to do. That's why I said, you know, I, I'm not gonna continue with accounting. So after only left with three modules, I just stopped accounting. I concentrated more on my wine. Started writing ideas of what I wanted to do, you know, where I wanted to be. Uh, so yeah, I think I spent a year and a half there. Then the test kitchen came calling. You know, uh, I I don't look back with my days at the one and only. Uh, so I was like, you know what? I know you in Durban, but if you really want to come over here there's a position, let's talk. Yeah, I jumped on, I came to Test Kitchen 2015, and I'm still here. Wow, quite a journey. So you've, you've obviously been exposed to a number of different, um, I guess, managers and leaders in that time. Um, and, and I guess one learns things uh, almost subconsciously during that time. Was there ever, 
something that sticks out in your memory as a real tough lesson to learn, something which when you came out of it you really felt like you'd you picked up a few more um, elements of, of learning through that. Anything, any yeah, instance that yeah, really... Yeah, quite a lot. Uh, I would probably start back to my time in, in Zim and I've gone back to that guy because uh, I, was, I was just fresh out of school, uh, just started a job. I was just, you know, whenever I do a job, I do it well and I just love. And this guy gave me to be, you know, to, to go into the junior training program when I was probably 19. And I remember there was a big fight at the, at the, at the supermarket there. The older senior guys were like, no, this guy has just been here for a while. Why is he going in a senior position? You know, we've been here for years. And, and that the, the, the manager stood up for me. He's like, you know what, this is young. Look at his grades. And, and besides, you know, I think he, he found the leader in me back then, which I didn't go. And even now he's around. I asked him, why did you? He's like, you know, I just saw it in you. You, you just had it. And I'm not surprised this is where you are. Uh, then obviously I moved to SA and during my time at the Roundhouse there was Fasim Mohebe so he, he was you know yeah he was a different kind you know his management style he loved what he did what he died what he did uh, and he almost felt like everyone has to do it the same way as him and and back then he was I would say it was ruthless and cruel but now the fact that it still sticks with me you know his precision if you dropped a spoon you know you would be frustrated. And I remember he put me in the fridge for, I don't know what I'd done there. And you know, got this tough, tough scolding of which back then was tough. But now, even when I see him, we still laugh about it. And, and, and I, I think I got my, my discipline and attention to detail and, you know, just loving and, and being so articulate from that guy. Uh, and during my time with the one and only, you know, I, I met so many different leaders and I would like to credit probably Mr. Bennett was one of the managers uh, was the MD then also uh, a Zimbabwean so you no, know, he, was, he was like you know Tanashi you're going far but every time I went to him he's like I need more money he's like you know go get a certificate if you get a certificate come back <laughs> or talk to the guys <laughs> to give you a raise so he's one and probably the toughest manager I, I, I came across with was at, uh, during my time in Noble. So there was a restaurant manager and I'd been switched to go work there. But the, the whole idea was they switched me because they were earning more commission and tips on the other side. But the real challenge was uh, the commission was based solely on the manager's discretion. And me and being independent and I knew I was good at what I did uh, but I, I, I have difficulties in following like orders if I'm you know because yeah. I'm just I'm just that kind of a person I, I like when I'm when I'm in control and I feel I'm doing the job right and someone is coming to tell me so it was tough because I had to stand my ground in a way I was sacrificing my money uh, so toughest period of my life where career-wise and everything was going on but I was really struggling financially and I could have made a choice of be like okay I'm gonna be you know this sucker boy yes ma'am yes sir but I, I you know I really stuck it up for like a year and a half you know and 
after that, you know, you know, I left feeling like okay, I never sold my soul for money, but I just, I just stood for what I believed in, sure. and I think it molded me to to be driven by, by my goals and ambition more than money. Sure. Uh, so yeah, that's where I got the opportunity to work at the oyster box and. Oyster Box, like I said, you know, the management was really open for me to do everything. So, yeah, not really much. But when I came to the test kitchen, uh, obviously, with Luke, yeah. who's a different type of a manager, you know, one in, one in a can guy. And also with Luke, when I came to the test kitchen, I wasn't like really, really known. But in just one conversation I had him, he was like, you know, you're the guy. Uh, come work for me, let's talk. And I remember my first few weeks were really tough because I was thinking you had, everyone wanted a piece of you, you know, the, the suppliers and everyone is coming and I'd inherited the staff which was really used to different things and they weren't open to change. And I remember going to him, he's like, you know what, I don't think I'm stuck up for this. Uh, I'm not really handling well out. Yeah, I would just like to quit. <laughs> it was like, you know what, Nash, I took you for a reason. You're the right man. Just stick it out. And, you know, he said, every manager, let's help this guy. And you're yeah. So he, he's been, he's not one guy who teaches you, but, you know, a mentor who you learn with how they handle, how they treat their staff. And, you know, seeing how many chefs have gone under him and went to do better. Yeah. He's that kind of a person who, and he's, Direct words was like, you know, Tinashe, I love your ambition, and I'm I'm not gonna get in the way of what you want to do. You can do whatever you want, but just as you know, you know where your bread is being buttered. I was like, okay. So yeah, he's been. Yeah, I think if I was molded back then, he really changed my whole uh, perspective. And not that we haven't had any rab rabbins, but I think the better part is like it's been. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so interesting and, and it sounds like you've had the benefit of a lot of different styles of management and leadership yeah. through, through your uh, journey so far. How do you think that that's kind of molded your uh, style or your way of managing and leading people? Do you think that there's, there's a way, uh, you can finger point or pinpoint rather a, um, a style that you have or do you think it's... Yeah. I think I've like I don't hide it. I, I probably I'm gonna be a, a I will be a leader because I'm, I'm that's that's my destiny. That's what I'm destined to be. And I think I've 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 molded from people I look up to. Firstly, look. I think I'm gonna be a manager who wants their stuff to excel. Uh, who's not gonna get in their way, you know, to live their dreams. Obviously, you've got your business, but people work for you. Uh, they might have their own vision so you know mold them in a way that they become better in your you know establishment uh, and being better for themselves as well and you know i want a leader i'm gonna be a leader who, who teaches who's not stingy with information you know you know give without expecting anything back yeah. if my stuff leaves it's better i have a trained stuff than someone i'm really suppressing uh, I don't think I'm that autocratic. I don't like that autocratic way where my staff will resent. But I just think mutual respect and 
giving staff opportunity to excel. Like I'm here in the test kitchen, everyone, there's a lot of talent here, but in different ways, and everyone is given the freedom to be creative and, you know, work to their potential. Sure. So when you bring a, a new staff member in, it doesn't matter what position it might be, if you're part of that interview, um, what, what are some of the traits or attributes that you're looking for in, in someone who's the right fit? Perhaps not just for, for the test kitchen, but you know, in general, in hospitality. Yeah, for me, hospitality, like, if you look where, wherever I've been, I've left guys I've identified to fill up positions where, and I always say, you know, people come say they don't have that necessary technical and know-how, especially if in wine, I look at it as wine is something you can teach someone. But I look at traits like, do you love your job? Do you love teaching other people? Do you love being ambitious? Do you love being, you know, uh, do you genuinely enjoy what you're doing at the moment? So that's what I look at. And I think a job you can teach anyone. You can, there's a lot of study material you can teach, but you can't really teach authenticity, passion, or just genuine care of things, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's always that debate of whether that's uh, nature or nurture, I suppose, you know, whether it's uh, something which is inherent to people or whether it can be coached. But I, I tend to agree with you. I think it's something which is part of the, your makeup and your wiring more, more so than anything else. So as you, as you continue your, your journey on now, um, you've embarked on some new things as well, very exciting, like your own label, um, things like that. What, um, what does the future hold for, for Tanashi? What are the, uh, some of the aspirations that you've got going forward? Yeah, for me, I just want to be a voice, a leader. You know, I love, I love uplifting. You know, I genuinely enjoy uplifting other people. Uh, I do get messages now and then of people being inspired and motivated by me, which is difficult for a person like me who's inspired and motivated. So at some point I took time and someone was like, Tinashe, you know what, what you've achieved, you might take it for granted, but believe me there. So for me, when I started seeing one message, two messages, three messages, I'm like, okay, gotta get a reality check. So I take time to offer assistance, guidance, help, uh, train other people, regardless of the industry they are. But I just want to be a, uh, my vision is to be a thought leader, uh, help mold people in doing stuff they're made in love about and, and things to make a difference. And with, with my wine label, I, I always say I'm not necessarily selling wine because I don't think there's much money in wine. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm, I'm trying to, to sell a different culture, you know, a different because I'm stuck in food and wine you know that's that's what I've learned that's what I know more but I'm looking for ways of expressing my love for food and wine and how food and wine can change lives and can be a career so for for me Kumusha is in essence a way of honoring my roots my origins and my taste but making relatable to especially where I come from uh, the people like me uh, you know, so it's, 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 it's a movement, it's a cultural shift, it's a, and hopefully it's going to get bigger so the voice is much more heard and uh, I don't say, I can't say I've got business acumen wired in me so I'm still yet to figure out how to monetize it but like I said, for me I'm driven with, with 
bigger thing than money. I just love, you know, I just love conversations. Yeah, it's a, I think it's very inspirational the fact that you've that money hasn't driven the decision. And I think often some of the greatest uh, inventions or creations often come from from that passion first and, and money second. So I think you've I think you've certainly uh, done it the right way in, in my humble opinion. But um, just quickly getting back to, to the space that we're in right now, how do you typify a, a, good, um, a good service at, uh, at the test kitchen? When, when you've had a great uh, uh, sequence of service for, for the evening, um, what, what invariably has gone right versus what can go wrong? Well, test kitchen is, is uh, probably a holy maker of food in, in Cape Town. And, you know, I've, I've been with Chef Luke for a year and a half, and I always say, I knew food before, but I really discovered food when I came to the test kitchen and the way he tries to, to, to put up a dish in his mind, he lets me taste it, I put the dish in my mind, I've got the wines on the side, then I'm like, chef, okay, what is it that you want to express? Okay, this reminds me of my childhood of a Sunday roast and that's what I want to so in my mind, I want to preserve his style, but I also want to add a different element with my wine pairings. So between the two of us, we get an understanding of, okay, the dish is good, the wine is speaking in a sense, and, you know, we convey that to our restaurant staff. Okay, this is the dish here, this is the wine pairing, this is what I want to do. And the moment when the guest comes, I think the test kitchen experience has to be wild with the dish. You know that the dish has to take them to places uh, or trigger some taste buds that they've never tasted before and and you know thought provoke them mm. while still getting that experience of loving the dish and for me the ultimate is when because I don't preempt you know most places would say okay this is why we're pairing this and this and I've done away with that mm. I just love the guest to experiences and when they now tell me oh, this dish was working because of this and this and this. I'm like, exactly, that's what I wanted to experience. And I'm like, I'm glad you, yeah. you put it that way. So for me, that's, that's the test kitchen experience that we want to do the food and the wine pairings and the whole ambience to speak for itself without us preempting. So yeah, you're, not, you're not prescribing the yeah, yeah, to yeah. people. It takes the exactly. form that they believe in uh, and they perceive it to take. And everything is, you know, we always get the same comment, like everything, you know, if, if you're looking from a frontal's point of view, for us, everything is chaotic because, you know, it's chaotic coordinated, but to a guest sitting down, they don't realize how much running and how much things are going down on the plate. But for them, they're just seeing a synchrony of things happening. And we always pride ourselves in that, in that test kitchen experience that there's a lot of happening in in the restaurant, but the focus is on the food and what you're eating and what you're drinking. Fascinating. No, it's it's uh, from the outside looking in. It certainly has been a, a game changer in the restaurant space, and I think people like yourselves, uh, Chef Luke, etc., have haven't been scared to try new things. And some things work, and other things just need a, a second or third iteration. But it's that's what kind of creates that um, that benchmark. Just uh, in terms of, of your team here and, and how you guys, um, you know, again, lead your, your teams, is there a, an individual or a singular message that is almost like a common thread that runs through 
everything you guys do, in other words, you know, your service briefing before shift starts or before service starts, is there ever a recurring message that goes through to the team or is it different from day to day? Yeah, I think the recurring message has always been, you know, because people expect high level standards when they come to the test kitchen and uh, you know we gotta keep up and we, we gotta every day we got to have the same energy and same consistency and the most difficult part for us is we don't get return guests so every person who's working here is most probably the first time they're here and the last time they're there and we always try to be conscious in that and keep the same level of energy and consistency uh, you know we're not bothered about food knowledge everyone is always you know but for my side when I came in I changed the wine regime to each and every stuff on their own taste you know wine will always be wine if it's a blank it's dry and all but we all perceive it in a different way and we mustn't speak it in the same way so I always encourage them to you know, speak about wine in, in, in a language they're most comfortable with, but still conveying the same message. And it's made a difference in my wine service and, you know. It's also more authentic, I guess, in the way that it just feels more natural to them, um, which, is, which is a very a smart way of looking at it. So I always ask this question, and it's probably quite apt in this, in this instance, but if you had to have to visit one restaurant for the rest of your life and you could only go to that one restaurant, is it possible for you to to identify one? Jeez. <laughs> now be not being biased because it's it's in one of our group, but I would go to the pot like any day, any time. For the food, yeah. for the vibe, for the views. You're not the first guest to, to say that place. <laughs> yeah, you know, I work at the test kitchen. Given a choice of eating at the test kitchen once or Ten times a potluck, I'll choose the potluck. Yeah, okay. no, it's, it's just it's just a stunning concept, and yeah, I, I love the potluck. Wow. So I mean, you know, I think we could talk for for hours and hours, but um, I just wanted to also acknowledge uh, you for, as you said earlier, um, we've we've met quite a few years back, um, and I think that was relatively early days for you, especially in the hospitality space. But uh, to see your personal growth, um, take away the, the achievements in terms of your, um, in terms of the industry, etc. But I think just listening to you now and, and the, the wisdom and the knowledge that you've acquired is, it's it's phenomenal to see. And I think it's it's easy to see why people um, gravitate towards you and, and listen to you because, you know, that's not always a given. Um, and I think that's that's really really awesome. And with the, la the wine label and everything else that's to come I'm sure there'll be many many more successes but um, yeah I just wanted to say thanks for your for your time and um, it'd be great to have another conversation in a couple of years time and see where we are see where we are then um, but where can where, where can our listeners get or get in touch with you or follow you and follow your journey uh, well first of all I'd like to say thank you for the kind words and you know it's for me personally it's always good seeing the people you know, you know most people will see you now but they never know where you come from but there's a few guys like you and the rest of the team we started who, who can certainly put it in in perspective and almost quantify it and so 
for me it means a lot because in my mind I'm always feeling I'm not doing enough I need to do more but there's someone's perspective out there who brings in and like really appreciate uh, in terms of getting in touch with me I I really love social I'm, <laughs> I'm I always put myself out there yeah but there's a there's a there's a thing I do it because for me I always feel the way I grew up in the culture I grew up there hasn't been a lot of documentation uh, and, and I feel it's important the journey I'm going through I need to document it otherwise people won't believe it so I always try to put out as much content so for me putting out content is actually documenting and writing a blueprint so I'm sociable on Instagram Tinashe underscore Nyamdoka I'm on Twitter Facebook, LinkedIn, Brilliant. TikTok. So the guys can, uh, there's no shortage of platforms that they can get in touch with you. And I'm sure when they come to the to the test kitchen, they'll uh, be able to engage with you firsthand as well, like many have already. Yeah, I'm at the test kitchen five nights a week, Tuesday to Saturday, so Fantastic. guaranteed if you're visiting, yeah, I'll be here. And I'm sure a good bottle of wine will follow. Yeah, definitely. Tanashi, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. That's it for today, guys. If this episode brought you value, please do subscribe to the podcast series. And for more information on building your organizational culture, visit us at rcaconsulting.biz. We'll see you in the next episode.